podcast. I hope that it helps you to relax and maybe fall asleep a little more easily. I plan to post monthly whispered episodes on this podcast. I will be posting weekly whispered episodes on my main podcast, which is simply titled Sleep Whispers. If that interests you, then there is a link in the show notes, or you can just search for Sleep Whispers in your podcast player. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. select sections from the Wikipedia article titled 674 miles, or 1,085 kilometers. The dog sled relay occurred over five and a half days, saving the small town of Nome and the surrounding communities from a severe epidemic of diphtheria. sled dog on the final stretch in Nome became the most famous canine celebrity of the era after Rin Tin Tin, and his statue is a popular tourist attraction in both New York City Central Park and downtown Anchorage, Alaska. The publicity also helped spur campaign in the United States that dramatically reduced the threat of the disease. The next section will cover the initial outbreak of diphtheria and the first call for help. In the winter of late 1924 into early 1925, Less than 2,000 people in Alaska was Curtis Welch, who was supported by four nurses at the 25-bed Maynard Columbus Hospital. Several months earlier, 
Welch had placed an order for more diphtheria antitoxin after discovering that hospital's entire badge had expired. However, the shipment didn't arrive before the board closed with the winner, and he would not be able to order more until the spring. In December 1924, several days after the last ship left the port, Welch treated a few children for what he diagnosed as sore throats or tonsillitis, initially dismissing diphtheria because it is extremely contagious and he would have expected to see more symptoms in family members or other cases around town instead of just a few isolated cases. In the next few weeks, as the number of tonsillitis cases grew and four children died whom he had not been able to autopsy, Welch became increasingly concerned about diphtheria. By mid-January 1925, Welch officially diagnosed the first case of diphtheria in a three-year-old boy who died only two weeks after first becoming ill. The following day, when a seven-year-old girl presented with the same symptoms of diphtheria, Welch attempted to administer some of the expired antitoxin to see if it still might have an effect later. Realizing that an epidemic was imminent that same evening, Welch called Mayor George Maynard to arrange an emergency town council meeting. The council immediately implemented a quarantine. The following day, on January 22nd, 1925, Welch sent radio telegrams to all other major towns in Alaska, alerting them of the public health risk, and he also sent one to the United States Public Health Service in Washington, D.C., asking for assistance. His message said, An epidemic of diphtheria is almost inevitable here. Stop. I am in urgent need of one million units of diphtheria antitoxin. Stop. Mail is only form of transportation. Stop. I've made application to Commissioner of Health of the Territories for antitoxin already. Stop. End of message. Despite the quarantine, there were over 20 confirmed cases of diphtheria and at least 50 more at risk by the end of January. Without antitoxin, it was expected that in the surrounding region's population of around 10,000 people, the mortality rate could be close to 100%. A previous influenza pandemic of the so-called Spanish flu had hit the area in 1918 and 1919 and wiped
wiped out about 50% of the native population of Nome and 8% of the native population of Alaska. At the January 24th meeting of the Board of Health, Superintendent Mark Summers proposed a dock sled relay using two fast teams. One would start at Nanana and the other at Nome, and they would meet at Nulanto. The trip from Nulanto to Nome normally took 30 days, although the record was nine days. The concern, though, was that Welch calculated that this serum would only last six days under the brutal conditions of the trail. Summer's employee, Leonard Sabala, was chosen for the 630-mile, or 1,014-kilometer round trip from Nome to Nulato and back. He had previously made the run from Nome to Nulato in a record-breaking four days won the All-Alaska Sweepstakes three times, and had become something of a legend for his athletic ability and rapport with his Siberian Huskies. His lead dog, the 12-year-old Togo, was equally famous for his leadership, intelligence, and ability to sense danger. Mayor Maynard proposed flying the antitoxin by aircraft. In February 1924, the first winter aircraft flight in Alaska had been conducted between Fairbanks and McGrath by Carl Arlson, who flew a reliable plane on eight experimental trips. The longest flight was only 260 miles, or 420 kilometers. The worst conditions were minus 10 degrees Fahrenheit, or minus 23 degrees Celsius, which required so much winter clothing that the plane was almost unflyable, and the plane made several crash landings. The only planes operating in Alaska in 1925 were three vintage biplanes. The aircraft were dismantled for the winter, had open cockpits, and had water-cooled engines that were unreliable in cold winter. Since both pilots were in the contiguous United States, an Alaskan delegate attempted to get the authorization to use an inexperienced pilot. While potentially quicker, the Board of Health rejected the option and voted unanimously for the dock sled relay. Sabala, the musher, was notified that evening and immediately started preparations for the trip. The U.S. Public Health Service had located 1.1 million units of serum in West Coast hospitals, which could be shipped to Seattle 
was handed the 20 pounds or 9.1 kilogram package at the train station in Nanana on January 27th at 9 p.m. at night. Despite a temperature of minus 50 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 46 degrees Celsius, Shannon left immediately with his team of 11 inexperienced dogs led by Blackie. The temperature began to drop even further and the team was forced onto the colder ice of the river because the trail had been destroyed by horses. Despite jogging alongside the sled to keep warm, Shannon still ended up developing hypothermia. He reached Minto at 3 a.m. with parts of his face black from frostbite. The temperature was down to minus 62 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 52 degrees Celsius. After warming the serum by the fire and resting for four hours, Shannon dropped three dogs and left with the remaining eight. Shannon and his team arrived in bad shape at 11 a.m. and handed over the serum. After warming the serum in the roadhouse, Edgar Galland headed into the forest. The temperature was now minus 56 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 49 degrees Celsius. And according to at least one report, the owner of the roadhouse at Manly Hot Springs had to pour water over Galen's hands to get them off the sled's handlebar when he arrived at 4 p.m. No new cases of diphtheria were diagnosed on January 28th, but two new cases were diagnosed on January 29th. The quarantine had been obeyed, but lack of diagnostic tools and the contagiousness of the strain rendered it ineffective. More units of serum were discovered around Juneau the same day. While no count exists, the estimate based on weight is roughly 125,000 units, enough to treat four to six patients. The crisis had become headline news in newspapers, including San Francisco, Cleveland, Washington, D.C., and New York. A fifth death due to diphtheria occurred on January 30th. There was a renewed campaign for possibly flying the remaining serum by plane. In response, Bone decided to speed up the relay and authorized additional drivers for Sabala's leg of the relay so they could travel without rest. On January 30th, the number of cases in Nome had reached 27, and the antitoxin was depleted. According to a reporter living in Nome, 
appears to be a deserted city. End quote. On that same day, the serum passed was delivered to Charlie Evans at Bishop Mountain at 3 a.m. The temperature was now minus 62 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 52 degrees Celsius and it was dropping again. Evans relied on his lead dogs when he passed through Ice Fog where the local river had broken through and surged over the ice. But he forgot to protect the groins of his two short-haired mixed-breed lead dogs with rabbit skins. Both dogs collapsed with frostbite, and Evans had to take over their place himself and pull the sled. He arrived at 10 a.m., and the serum continued to be passed from musher to musher. On January 31st, at 5 a.m., the current musher saw the signs of a storm brewing and decided not to take the shortcut across the dangerous ice of the sound. He departed at 5.30 a.m. The whiteout conditions cleared as he reached the shore, and the gale force winds drove the wind chill to minus 70 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 57 degrees Celsius. At 3 p.m., he arrived at the next town. With the news of the worsening epidemic, Leonard Zabala, with his lead dog Togo, decided to brave the storm and once again set out across the exposed open ice of the Norton Sound after dark. The temperature was about minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit, minus 34 degrees Celsius, but the wind chill with the gale force winds was minus 85 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 65 degrees Celsius. Togo the sled dog led the team in a straight line through the dark and they arrived at the roadhouse in Isaac's Point on the other side at 8 p.m. In one day, they had traveled 84 miles, or 135 kilometers. The team rested and departed at 2 a.m. into the full power of the storm. During the night, the temperature dropped to minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit, or minus 40 degrees Celsius and the wind increased the storm force. The team ran across the ice while following the shoreline. They returned to the shore and crossed Little McKinley Mountain, climbing 5,000 feet, or 1,500 meters. After descending to the next roadhouse, Sabala passed the serum to Charlie Olson on February 1st at 3 p.m. On this same day, the number of diphtheria cases in Nome rose to 28. 
the serum and root was sufficient to treat 30 people. With the powerful blizzard raging and winds of 80 miles per hour or 130 kilometers per hour, Welch ordered a stop to the relay until the storm passed, reasoning that a delay was better than the risk of losing it all. Messages were left at Solomon and Point Safety before the lines went dead. Olsen was blown off the trail and suffered severe frostbite in his hands while putting blankets on his dogs. The wind chill was currently minus 70 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 57 degrees Celsius. He arrived at Bluff on February 1st at 7 p.m. in poor shape. Gunnar Kaysen waited until 10 p.m. for the storm to break, but it only got worse, and the drifts would soon block the trail, so he went ahead and departed into a headwind. He traveled through the night, through drifts, in a river overflow, over the local mountain. Balto led the team through visibility so poor that Kaysen could not always see the dogs harnessed closest to the sled. He was two miles, or three kilometers past Solomon before he realized it, and kept going. The winds after Solomon were so severe that his sled flipped over and he almost lost the cylinder containing the serum when it fell off and became buried in the snow. He also suffered frostbite when he had to use his bare hands to feel for the cylinder. He reached point safety ahead of schedule on February 2nd at 3 a.m. Ed Rome believed that Kaysen in the relay was halted at Solomon, so he was sleeping. Since the weather was improving, it would take time to prepare Roan's team, and Balto and the other dogs were moving well. Kaysen pressed on the remaining 25 miles, or 40 kilometers to Nome, reaching Front Street at 5.30 a.m. During the entire dog sled relay, not a single ampule of serum was broken, and the antitoxin was thawed and ready by noon. Together, the teams had covered the 674 miles, or 1,085 kilometers, in 127 and a half hours, which was considered a world record. Incredibly, it was done in extreme sub-zero temperatures, in near-blizzard conditions, and hurricane-force winds. By February 3rd, the original 300,000 units had proved to be still effective, and the epidemic was under control. A sixth death, probably unrelated to diphtheria, was widely reported as a new outbreak of the disease. 
On February 7th, a batch from Seattle arrived on board the Admiral Watson. Acceding to pressure, Governor Bowen authorized HAP to be delivered by plane. On February 8th, the first half of the second shipment began its trip by dock sled, while the plane failed to start when a broken radiator shutter caused the engine to overheat. The plane also failed the next day, and the mission was scrapped. The second dog sled relay included many of the same drivers, and also faced harsh conditions. And on February 15th, the rest of the serum arrived. concludes the Whisperpedia episode. I hope you are deeply relaxed or even better. <laughs>